What's up, y'all? This is Desmond. And this is your boy, Michael. Welcome to Channel Noir, the channel and podcast <laughs> for your listening pleasure. Yes, yes, yes. We are two African-American men at Kansas State University, mm-hmm. here to talk about culture, pop culture, things on, that's on our mind, and anything else going on in the world, honestly. Yeah. Let's check in for a bit. Let's tell them how we doing. How you doing, Des? Man, I'm good. Tired as per usual. You know, tired as per usual. Mm-hmm. Somewhere between I wanted and I got it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's how I'm feeling, man. I'm still ambitious. Mm-hmm. I'm still blessed at all times. And yeah, man, too blessed to be stressed, though. Too blessed to be stressed. Moving along. How are you feeling? I don't know, man. I'm feeling a lot. I'm feeling a lot of things. Like yesterday, I was with, I was chilling with my friends, and I just I bust out crying. Don't even know why. Know just why. very sporadically. I don't even, oh, I remember we were talking about. Uh, my friends who's graduating and stuff like that. Oh yeah, and um, I just randomly bust out crying. I don't know. Feeling, a, I'm feeling a lot of things. So right now, like I'm good. Y'all ain't got to worry about me. Um, talk, talk to my mom yesterday. That was great. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel that. Like I almost like I want it and I got it. Yeah, it's like you stuck in the middle. Yeah, man. Yeah, I feel that 100. percent Sometimes you just gotta cry too. Don't even know why. <laughs> Don't even know why, bro. It was like, <laughs> it was like a vine. It was like one of those where, like, you know, you're talking about happy stuff, like graduating, and then like you started laughing, and I was thinking like, <laughs> just started like crying. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those. <laughs> it was one of those. It was ridiculous, but no, it was great. So what's happening, man? You know, this last week was. I guess you can say it was an emotional week. Okay. There was specifically, very, very specifically, dealing with uh, the Nipsey Hustle funeral. Yeah. It was amazing. I hate to say that for a funeral. You know what I mean? You're like watching a funeral. You're like, this is a really good funeral. Yeah. But you hate to call it amazing because it's a funeral. It's yeah. still a going away. It's a homegoing celebration. It is a homegoing so celebration. We're supposed to, you know, celebrate. And yeah. that's how I look at it, right? Like, like you say, like it is weird to feel happy that someone's dead, but like it was so, it was so empowering. Mm-hmm. It was so to me. It's so interesting how this person, how Nipsey Hussle, could have lived thirty three years on this earth and still has so much influence so fast. Like I hate to compare, right? Mm-hmm. But literally, we just had a legend, another legend die in uh, the past year, Aretha Franklin. Right? Mm-hmm. Her funeral was cracking. You know what I mean? <laughs> But yeah. at Aretha Funerals or at Aretha Franklin's funeral, nobody was talking about how Aretha Franklin was uplifting the community in certain ways, the way Nipsey was, you know? Because I don't know and it's good that you brought it up because it feels like almost like Aretha served her time, right? And I feel like as black people a lot of times we think like that we have this dedication to our community, right? And so in the Aretha situation, it seems like she lived out her term. Right, like she did everything that she was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, she gave back to community, may not have been as concentrated as what we, you know, see Nipsey have done or yeah. direct. Um, but her contributions to society and the culture is almost like not debatable. So it's like, and I think that's how we look at it. Mm-hmm. Like, she saved her time. Yeah, Nipsey, he was gone, is, is gone way too soon, way too soon. And so it's like, it feels like all of this great and amazing things he was done. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't his time, and he did not, like, complete his turn. Yeah. 
like you said, the marathon continues. The marathon continues. It was just, it was amazing. Nipsey's mother has this amazing energy and aura about her. Mm-hmm. She's really like, she understands spirituality in a way that I don't think a lot of other people understand. She says she goes to this um, African spiritual church now, and that ever since then, she's just been different. So it was interesting to see how she handled things. Lauren was oh, a trooper at this funeral. Yeah. A trooper, let me tell you. She had her sunglasses on. She probably been crying her eyes out, you know what I mean? But she was a trooper. The kids did amazing. Let me tell y'all, this man, Nipsey's son, got on this stage and said a couple days after Nipsey passed, he had a dream that Nipsey came to him from heaven and told him how heaven was. That's wild. I know so many people was in there crying. (laughs) (laughs) So many people was in there crying. It was insane. I couldn't get through it. I couldn't. Look, it was a crazy day, Mm -hmm. but I also could not. Like, I was trying to tune in, but I couldn't. I don't know why. I just... YG spoke. Yeah. Oh, Snoop Dogg. Oh, my. Y'all, Snoop was halfway crying on stage, y'all. I don't think y'all understand. Snoop Dogg. Yeah. The D-O-double-G was actually, like, halfway in tears on the stage. I had never seen that from Snoop Dogg ever. That was crazy, too, to see. And um, the the whole, like, Nipsey in general is So, I don't know if you've seen, but, like, on Instagram, mm-hmm. um, this lady did this distribution of wealth for for Nipsey and Angela Rye posted it which is why I posted on Instagram which is how I saw it yeah and to see it full circle of like the I don't even know if this is everything but directly like how this distribution of wealth works and how mm-hmm. um, he advanced people in the community and different things in the community like it's one thing just saying it but like looking at the numbers and we'll, we'll tweak this out and you guys can see it, but looking at the numbers and stuff like that, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not debatable at this point, right? Like, being able to see it on the chart mm-hmm. and to see everything that he's done and the yeah. impact to the community, it's just it's wild. Yeah. He really was influential. And I think more people can see that now. More people respect him now. Even if you didn't listen to Nipsey before, everybody's listening to Nipsey now, trying to help his family out. But it really is crazy to lose what is automatically considered a legend at this point, you know, uh, so early. Another note, um, some more black excellence. Kevin Abstract. Yeah. So a lot of people, okay, so I love Brockhampton. Got to. But I very much more so like Kevin Abstract. Kevin Abstract. I just think, I just think that he's such a jewel and we should, like you said, be protecting him at all costs, right? Like, yeah. we talk about representation. He is the epitome of that, right? Yeah. And, I'm I'm gonna read his lyrics to his song Big Wheel. Oh yeah, that he released on his like he released. I don't I don't even know what it is. He just released three songs, and okay, all right, kind of an EP, I guess. Is is he? So I'm just I'm gonna read. Yeah, here it goes. My niggas ain't see no more cash. I got rich way too fast. My mama still work at Sonics, nigga. I didn't even finish college, nigga. I got a lot of guilt inside of me. My niggas back home ain't proud of me. They think I'm a bitch just quit baiting. Quit being a bitch and quit hating. Y'all punk faking. I'm a power bottom like a Freemason. Y'all stuck playing? That's complacent. I'm come chasing. My niggas back home got fundraisers. Like, the lyrics in itself just deconstruct so 
Yeah, bro. So, so, so much. He, when like I say he is an, an icon, a skinny legend, like, to me, he he embodies so much, right? Like, as a black gay dude, being able to see him live his, like, his his own truth, whatever. Like, he's he got his own little white boyfriend named Jaden, and they do their own stuff. And he is being authentically him, right? And this is something that, like, for my queers out there who might know, um, it's a show called Norris Art, and it was it aired in two thousand five on Logo, and it that was probably like the first black like gay representation of mm-hmm. like queer black men on TV, period. Yeah, and it follows these four best friends who like one is a HIV consultant, one's a writer, one's a professor, and one's uh he owns a business. So it's like it's pretty it's it's a cool perspective, but to see him living this non-traditional way of life especially when you are expressing your masculine in this heteronormative like society that pictures you to be one thing and you expresses your like your masculine and your feminine energy however you want to do it that's like that's crazy like and in his lyrics it's so relatable because wherever he comes from he said like i'm basically something just like y'all bro like my mama still work at sonics like niggas back home they 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 not proud of me. I didn't even finish college, right? He just yeah. telling you everything that he did. And he said, y'all think I'm just up here queer baiting. Like, I'm just quit being a bitch and quit hating. He just saying, like, <laughs> I'm just doing me. Yeah, like, leave me himself. alone. Right. And then he said, I'm a power button like a Freemason. What he's saying is, so anybody in the gay community, outside the gay community, I don't know. People view bottoms as, like, this inferior Mm-hmm. Right, so now not only is he like taking like this power bottom, I don't know thing and, and making it his own, and and just go and and he's just going hard on the beat. Like it's just I don't know. To me, he's a skinny legend. He's an icon, and he deserves his flowers uh, for who he is and what he represents and the things that he do. No, really though, and the place that he takes on this. Oh, Kevin area. Abstract really is dope, especially someone's been listening to Brockhampton for a couple years now. You know what I mean? Kevin be going crazy. But I, a simple question right here, mm-hmm. right? Name five gay rappers, black, black men gay rappers. Um, oh, man. Okay. Five black men gay rappers. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, Kevin Astor. Uh, <laughs> Jaden Smith is a, I, I mean, he's bi. Yeah. Ty, uh, Taylor, Taylor, uh, Taylor Bennett and Tyler, the creator. Taylor Bennett's gay. Mm-hmm. Well, Ty, uh, Taylor Bennett's bi. Oh, he's bi? Yeah. I didn't know that. He came out on it. Um, okay, three. And he, um, I said t- uh, Tyler, the creator. That's uh-huh. four. Oh, four. Uh, Frank Ocean is not a rapper. Not a rapper. Um, it's so crazy how hard that is, though, right? I, I mean, well, Ozzy, she's a drag queen. He's a guy. I, I can I can name more. I can name more. Yeah, but it I takes a while, it, though. Yeah. Either way, you know what I mean? That's kind of my point. Like, the representation is so low that as soon as we get a gym like Kevin Abstract, there's no reason why we shouldn't, you know what I mean, support, uplift. And it's also crazy. So I've been, I don't know, I've been going down this road of masculine, like thinking about masculinity or gay masculinity a lot, uh-huh. especially being in this class, I'm talking, uh, my human language class, when we talk about, talk about this. And so with my friend Ken Kennedy, we found this YouTube couple, right? And that's not our thing, but it's these two guys. And when I say hood, like, <laughs> when I say hood, they did this interview and they look like, straight out of north memphis like hood butch like 
masculine. They talked to us like, yeah, we like two tops. Like we met and like we, you know, family. So they have these YouTube channels of like, mm-hmm. they do the, the YouTube couple stuff, like yeah. the, the break pranks, the breakup pranks and yeah. stuff like that. And to see these two like, hood, like epitome of a hood, like dreadlocks, like Dang. tattoos in a whole relationship. Mm-hmm. And like that dynamic in itself, like break down, be emotional, be mm-hmm. sad. When like he said, bro, like you, it was a prank about him, like I don't know, cheating on him or something. And he was like, bro, like I came out to you, bro. I lost my street cred because of this. Like I introduced you to my son. Yeah. Like, and so I'm just like all of this stuff that like I don't know the stigma of like these, uh, these hood masculinities, and to see that representation, and that's what I mean, right? It's like mm-hmm. it's so being yourself. With the, all these different intersectionalities, you, it's so much, it's so many people that don't see themselves in TV, right? Mm-hmm. Like, growing up, like, it, yeah, it was a couple gay guys, but I never saw myself in them, right? That yeah. I never identified with them uh-huh. because I am so different, right? Like, yeah. I, I'm just, I'm normal, right? Yeah. I'm, I don't have a six-pack, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm very much so normal. I'm not, like, super, super masculine. I'm not super feminine. I'm not, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just normal. And so to see... Like these super hood guys be able to see themselves, you know, represented and allow themselves to, to be mm-hmm. vulnerable and things like that. Mm-hmm. And then I follow this guy on my Instagram. It's like redefining masculinity. Yeah. And it's so cool. And they have like a YouTube channel and a website. And they just go and they have these boys like in pink do rags and yellow stuff, like doing stuff together, taking photo shoots. But it's like a storytelling. A storytelling so they just talk to these different men mm-hmm. and all these black men most around our age college students in fraternities not in fraternities just different and they just record and they talked about like what does masculinity mean to you and like they're just breaking down and it's really really cool like it's the coolest it, <laughs> i i really no yeah it's dope yeah it's i don't know i just think it's a lot to unpack there but for sure i'm off my <laughs> i'm off my uh my soapbox your soapbox no, yeah, I actually been thinking about that too. Um, just masculinities in general. I don't know if it was today or yesterday. Some something happened, and you know, sexual assault. It seems like over the past year has been kept giving, brought back up a lot, and just this idea of like, so men think they own people mm-hmm. a lot of times, right? Mm-hmm. Specific, specifically women, but this idea that you don't own people, you experience them, and a lot of people don't get that or separate. Yeah, a lot of people don't get that you experience people, you don't own them, kind of type thing. Yeah, and you talked about, like, sexual assault. And so this made me think about this consent condom that oh, has man. been going around Twitter or whatever. What What is that? So I somebody yeah. told me about it yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the consent condom is a condom that in order to open the packaging, you need four hands. Four hands, y'all. You need four hands to open this condom. And long story short, women hated it. And I can't remember why. I'm trying to remember Because why. to me, I think that almost make like, that makes sense on why women would hate it. Because, I don't know. To me, I, I don't know. I, I like the idea, but also... Yeah, I, I like the ambition. Like, I like, I like where they were going. To me, it, it, to me, it makes sense because you force both people to acknowledge the type of sex that they want to have. Yeah. And that's either raw sex or, you know, um, sex with a condom. And so it takes four people to open it. That means that we have just acknowledged that we both want to have mm-hmm. consensual, safe yep. sex. 
And yeah, the goal is to have that conversation before, you know what I mean, you engage. And I, I can see why it would make people uneasy because it's like you are disrupting the entire hookup culture, like sex culture of like, I don't know, you force people, you force people to talk. And a lot of people ain't trying to talk. They just want to get to it. So um, that's how I feel about it. It seems like um, the way uh, this condom is like portraying things, right? It's almost like they equate putting on the condom to automatic consent of sexual activity, kind of, mm. right? I don't think those two are necessarily always the same thing. It's not. Because I think, you, like like you said before, like we should definitely talk about it. Like, mm-hmm. consent comes with a conversation, and I think this is what the intent of these condoms do. Like, yeah. to start that conversation and to say that we are both agreeing mm-hmm. to have safe consensual sex. I think that's kind of what that is saying. Yeah. Why you both literally have to touch the condom to put it on. So it's almost like a ritual. Like, Yeah, I think the reason I kind of don't like it, too, is it kind of incentivizes, like... People to get evidence of consent. Oh yeah. But because they own, but well, of course they want their partners to feel safe, right? Mm-hmm. But it feels more like they want to protect themselves from being falsely accused later on down the line, rather than actually caring about their partner. Right. That's kind of what it feels like to me. And which, in a lot of cases, it makes sense. And honestly, <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I would want to be protected too. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I get it. I don't know, it's just in, like interesting packaging and it's 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 just weird to me. Yeah, and I like the Yeah. I like the way they were going. And the and the and the intention behind the ambition. Yeah. You, know? you tried, but I don't think this is it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is it. So that reminds me of this whole death penalty for getting a, for women who gets an abortion a texas law okay so for th- those who don't know a texas lawmaker proposed a bill house bill 896 um would criminalize would criminalize abortion and classify as a, as a homicide women who has abortion could be sentenced to the death penalty which is crazy and be- below he said he just he just want to make it even across the board because he believes that if you can be charged for two homicides by a kid. Like if you was getting a car accident with a woman who's pregnant, you can be uh, charged for a double homicide. And he just want to make the law, you know, equal and equate across the entire, you know, legislative system. Um, well, across the entire, all of the rules and things like that. And so to me, Man. this is wild Man. to know that I could kill, like if I decide, if well not I, but if a woman decide to, get rid of the embryo for whatever reason that they made, that she decided or they decided could also die yeah and to me this is like i don't know so i think about a lot of things and to me this is like genocide mm-hmm. to me this is genocide you can legit kill a group of people this way yeah you can create false abortions you can do whatever the hell you want to do mm-hmm. especially since we know like a lot of our brown women are the ones that are getting abortion. Not to say white women don't do it. Yeah. But a lot of our sisters are out there getting abortions. Yeah, because they're in um, positions where, you know what I mean, they might not Mm -hmm. be financially able to take care of a child right now. Maybe this literally is not, you know what I mean, the right time. Everything that comes with, you know what I mean, pro-choice, maybe, you know what I mean? Yeah. This could be any reason for 
them to get an abortion. You know what I'm saying? It's I don't know. I just to me that's how I think about it. I think it's, it's potential genocide. You take away our black women. Yeah. You you take us out. Like and and I think in a lot of patriarchal societies, that's what the, they normally try to go for men take the men out you can take the women and children yeah. but personally i think like we talked about last episode our black women superheroes superheroes like i think if you take the woman out of a culture out of a well cultural group yeah. or um ethnicity group i think you are you're literally taken out like <laughs> literally taken out like you cannot repopulate <laughs> that's literally how it works so to me that's i think this this coming out of texas could be a potential culture what is genocide. going on in texas what is wrong with them oh, hello they're really thinking about this Ab- from abortion to the death penalty like that sounds insane to me women who have abortions could be sentenced to death penalty is what this says state legislatures stayed up well into the morning hearing emotional testimony about a proposed abortion ban unfathomable to think about right like that mm-hmm. to literally whatever situation that a woman feels like she'd need to come to to have an abortion. I have friends who have an abortion, and it it's not easy on them. Like the type of thoughts that they have, it's not an easy thing for them to come to themselves to do. But to know that you could face the death penalty, yeah, for making a decision that either one you may regret, mm-hmm. or that you have second thoughts about, yeah. or that you are still facing, you know, like or dealing with the consequences of doing. And now you could face the ultimate consequence. It's It's more like a threat than anything. It's the it's the ultimate pro life threat. (laughs) That's literally what it is. They're forcing you to be pro life because by threatening your life Mm -hmm. is essentially what they're doing. They're like, "Oh, you have to have this baby, or you're going to die." That's pretty much. That's literally what it is. (sighs) And to to talk about culture genocide, I don't know if that's a good segue or not, but. I sent you a video about these little girls from, well, these high school seniors from New Orleans. And for their senior prank, they decided to do, like, to have a water balloon fight. They went to the, they went to the principal and was like, hey, is it okay that we have a, you know, a water balloon fight at school? The principal told them, you can't do it on the inside. So I was like, cool. So they took this, and one day doing lunch, they went outside and had, like, a water balloon fight, had water guns and stuff like that. And now... The school and the principal and all of those people in the school board are saying that these kids cannot walk the stage. They cannot graduate. And so to me, that is that's insane to know that because they did a singing prank outside, which he told them not to do it on the inside. So they did the outside could really possibly influence their future. Like very, very much so for not being able to graduate high school for something. I feel like, like there's no way this decision is going to stand. Right. I'm a senior. And like, if I'm a senior in high school, right? I'm out. I'm just had the longest year of my life. In the video, the girl said they don't really get to have fun like that, right? right. Maybe they didn't have a field day, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> Nothing like that. And so they choose this one day where the principal said you can't do it out inside, so they do it outside, and then they do it during lunch, so it's, they still go to class probably afterwards, right? And y'all, you tell me I can't graduate, right? For what? What did, and, I, what did I do? And to me, it's crazy because, like, bro, like, I can understand telling, okay, y'all can't go to prom, yeah. right? Y'all can't go to prom, da-da-da-da, y'all buy from prom. But to me, it's like you are taking away, like, 
my future i can't go to college because there's a lot a lot of things i want to naturally progress in life which you can without a high school degree but it just makes certain things harder like what even happens do they wait a year and and graduate high school like that i don't know exactly because it doesn't make any sense but at least nowadays we can fight that right like my sister got expelled Mm -hmm. sorry um and my mama was able to go back up to not to school but to the school board and they talked it out or whatever and got my sister back in school. But this reminded me of the Little Rock Nine mm-hmm. when um so <laughs> Little Rock Nine in the nineteen ninety seven Oprah interview when she brought all the Little Rock Nine back together mm-hmm. against the people who was terrorizing them in school, calling them names and beating them up and pushing them up against locker lockers because these white people felt bad about <laughs> doing this stuff when they was in in high school and now they want to apologize and ask for their forgiveness. And so on one of the interviews I watched, the man was like, he did something to her at lunch and ultimately get this, got this woman expelled from high school. And it's crazy to think about that. Then her getting expelled ain't no going to the school board mm-hmm. trying to get my baby back into school yeah. because they just integrated schools. Mm-hmm. And the kids in schools were terrorizing them. And then the kids' parents outside of schools were terrorizing them. The police people was terrorizing these kids so of course they don't want them to graduate they don't want them to be in the same school as them so imagine being expelled back then and literally cannot do anything else you don't have an option to continue school get your high school degree you don't have an option to go to college after that you don't have an option to do anything else that comes with attaining a college degree or stuff like that now you have to do all of this other stuff luckily she i, I think she's a journalist now yeah uh was a journalist independent uh-huh and an author and things like that and mm-hmm. so she made her way but to think that like all these other people influence your decision well your future not even your decision yeah like influence your future and, and i think we think about this a lot and how we navigate right in certain spaces, I was having a conversation with a friend the other day about like why I think white people should not say the N word, and we talked about certain instances where like white people would say the N word around certain black people and things yeah. like that. But then I also think about like in depending on your setting, mm-hmm. right? And if I was in a, a fraternity, I don't know, if I was let's just say in class and a white dude said the N word and everyone else around me is white. Do I want to start a fight? Do I want to say, no, you shouldn't say it? And then what if all these other white people just like, well, I'm going to say it too. And just start saying it. Not saying that, you know, you know that would happen. Yeah. But like everybody, all these black people on this boat is a Desmond or a Michael or <laughs> yeah. anybody else, right? Like, Yeah, because I'm going off. But. Yeah, like I don't mind telling you why you shouldn't say it. I don't mind, yeah, you know, I, I don't telling mind you that don't educating. say it. Right. Yeah. But, you know, some people don't want that drama. Some people don't want that mm-hmm. that that conflict. So a lot of times we have to give and take part of ourselves to find out like well so we won't have these ultimate consequences right these mm-hmm. ultimate barriers like getting uh, expelled back then or like mm-hmm. whatever that they may, may be to stop us from reaching our goal yeah it's just not a straight path you know you know random side note the only time that i hear uh a white person say the n-word and i don't say anything is when i play xbox <laughs> I don't have time. Oh my god! And it's so I, <laughs> I don't have time for that, bro. I saw a video on Twitter of this black girl playing Twitter with all of these. I don't know. Oh, I seen it too. It's why? And that was dogging her. That was straight dogging her. That was like, 
I don't know, they were saying that she was bad at the game, and she was just like, yeah, that's why you're just a dumb monkey nigger. Like, that's all you're good for. Like, why aren't you doing this? And just throwing out stereotypes. Yeah. And was just like, you shouldn't be playing this game anyway. Like, this game isn't for black nigger whatever yeah. trash you're illiterate you didn't even go to school just like not even jokes just not even stuff yeah. that's funny just not directly funny. like and then it reached a part of the game where she just like stops like stop playing and like hides to try to make them you know mm-hmm. i don't know lose and then she jumps off and kills herself and then um and then like under the thread the game was like please submit a whatever else so we yeah. can talk about this we're under investigation of mm-hmm. doing this this is and i was just like wow like yeah, a lot of game companies are good about banning you know people and stuff like that because a lot of the developers that do these, that create these games really they don't have the tolerance either. They really are. They tend to be strict. But it's so crazy how it's almost like some white men out there pick up a controller and they just put on a white hood. Oh my god! <laughs> and they're like <laughs> they're like I'm about to pick up this controller, put on a white hood. Can't wait to find some black people on Xbox Live today, PlayStation Network today. It's so weird to me, man, because they're not going to they would never do that in person. Right. I feel like that exact same person or the exact same people that was calling that girl nigger. And you know what I mean? They're not going to say nothing to her in Mm-mm. person. Uh-uh. They don't say it in the group chat, but they're not yeah. going. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? The Internet give you a lot of courage, boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tell you, it's something else. I heard you was talking about my back. But when I pull up <laughs> anyway, but so movies, let's talk. Mm. Let's talk movies. So I actually didn't I actually didn't get to go to the movies last week. Um, but the two movies that did come out that I talked about, Hellboy and Little, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Hellboy didn't. Oh, it's not doing well. Okay. <laughs> Little also isn't doing amazing. It's not doing that well either. A lot of people say, I've been hearing that um, the movie is a little unambitious at times. So, you know, she probably had a couple cliche moments. But I heard it. I seen another review that was like, it wasn't enough uh, Regina Hall in it, you know, which I thought was interesting. Oh, I haven't seen that. I did yeah. go see Shazam. How'd you feel about Shazam? It went crazy, didn't it? <sighs> Yeah, it was, it was, was good. good. It was a good was, movie, wasn't it? It was really interesting. Mm-hmm. It was cute to see the little Shazam Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Power Rangers. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, it was, a lot, was cute. A lot of laughs. It was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love Some how, good action. I'm loving seeing, like, this type of diversity of, like, roles. Not, not like, physical diversity, but, like, a perspective of, like, you know, like, orphanage, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how they have the orphanage kids, and they give the orphans, like, the power yeah. to like kind of make their own. So I love the metaphors in the movie. It was really, really cool. Like, I feel like you could take a lot of stuff away from that, mm-hmm. um, that movie, just like how I felt about Spider-Man. Like it was a, I mean, Shazam was great. Yeah, man. It, um, some stuff, it definitely uh, really did stay true to the comic book as a comic book nerd coming out this week. Uh, the main movie that I want to see is the curse of La Llorna. Okay. It's a, a horror film. Apparently, it was known as a, I guess not a folktale, a legend. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's a story passed around. Supposed to be a very scary story passed around. And, yeah, that's the horror film of the week right now. I think it actually was supposed to be set in Los Angeles, though, if I remember right. And it's about this ghost who is stalking children. <laughs> uh, I have no idea why. I haven't seen the movie yet, uh, nor do I know much about the folktale or um, about the legend. But, yeah, that's what comes out this week. Um, I might I might go check it out. I like horror films. So, but before we go, I'm gonna tell the story. But yeah, so this is kind of something that's been bothering me. So a couple weeks ago, that on the episode Angry Black Men, um, I talk about the whole TPUSA thing, right? 
But this story happened. Well, this happened that day. So I was walking away from the podcast. Was one of the administrators, or walking away from the protest? Sorry, not podcast. With one of the administrators, and I see four of my residents walk up, going to the union, um, going to the TP USA event, and they had on like full "Make America Great Again" like paraphernalia. And so I was walking with this administrator, and I I see them, mm-hmm. and I see them, and they all red, and they just you know they living their best life, and I feel my body like kind of drift the opposite direction of them, and then they see me, and I'm like Mikey, 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 and for y'all don't know, like I love all of my kids. They're like love all of my residents. They're like my kids. They're my baby. But this one is something that's like. Has been sitting with me for a while. I don't know how like I feel bad, but then I'm like, mm-hmm. but then I just, I'm I'm very conflicted about it, and it's been on my mind a lot. But anyway, so what really got me is what one of my residents she came up, she was like, Mikey, Mikey, and she looked, she was like, Do you still love me? Like she looked me dead in my eyes and was like, Do you still love me? And I was just like, Yeah, like uh, of course, like you know, yeah. And then that that fucked me up, <laughs> like <laughs> it fucked me up. And then my other resident. Uh, I call him by his nickname and I wasn't when I see him every time I see him I give him a hug no matter where we are I give him a hug but this time I was just gonna keep walking and he like moved out from where he was and he was like Mikey like give him a hug and he was like give him a hug gave him a hug and he was like he like whispered and I like do you still love me and I was just like yeah of course I still love you yeah, yeah like yeah right and then walking away from that in my mind I'm like yeah, I, I when I say yeah, I still love you. Like yeah, I still love you. I mean that. I do love them. Like yeah. because th- they're my kids, they're my babies, and I want them to be good. Mm-hmm. But in my mind, I was just I felt so like yeah, conflicted or like weird because an event that you know made me feel some type of way, and the whole situation really just you know sparked emotion in me that I haven't seen in quite some time and then to see my residents in which I love so dearly go to the event not with the attention to learn or you know like you know to hear whatever but because you know they agree and they that's that's their cup of tea and I'm just like whoo like I don't know so that's been weighing on my heart I've been thinking about that and I don't know let me know what y'all think about it let me know how y'all feel about it like when y'all love somebody or love people who you know, thinks and supports things that you think directly oppress you or, or like mm-hmm. offends you, mm-hmm. but you love that person. Do you think you can separate like the politics from a human? Do you think that? And 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 I agree with. So the guy who the TPSA guy, the video went up. So do whatever y'all want to do with that. Mm-hmm. And so my friend made me watch it, and it's really hard to watch. It's really really hard to watch. And he says these things like, "No, like I'm not racist. Like I think that you know all the things that y'all are saying." Uh, at the protest of like no hey that case stay or like we don't want this like i agree with you like i i don't think racist people exist all this kind of stuff but like i'm not the one that's been hateful right y'all are hating the message and not saying that like this has changed my opinion or anything but like to me that makes sense Mm -hmm. and so i don't know let me know let us know do you think you can do that do you think 
that speaks to their character? Do you think they're just yeah. being ignorant? Do you think they're willing to learn? Hello. Do you think you would be willing to like sit down and have a conversation, or are you just so wrapped up in your emotions and how that makes you feel, or like what you know that you want to sit down and have a conversation? Like, what do you think? I can weigh in on that a little bit, actually. Yeah. You can always love someone, right? Mm-hmm. You always got to rock with them the way you used to, you right. know? Like, I can always say hi to you and be cordial. And again, I can still love you, right? If you're stuck on the side of the road, I'm going to help you, you know what I mean, get right. on the side of the road. But I don't know if we can become anything deeper than that at that point because you don't have my best interest at heart to me, you know what I mean? Right. Especially if you rock with a group of people who clearly politically don't rock with me, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's, it's something I've been thinking about lately, right? Specifically black um, person, white person dynamic and friend groups, right? It's like, do I want... As, as a black man or just a black person in general, do I want white friends who are just there? We never talk about politics. Or do I want allies and co-conspirators, right? <laughs> co-conspirators, yeah. Right? Because <laughs> it's, it's so important to me that the people around me have the same energy as me. Oh, yeah. And it's like, my energy is almost like, if you're not a co-conspirator, I don't know what is going on. You know, like, I need you to, again, if you're... I, I call him vanilla. If you're a vanilla counterpart of mine, mm-hmm. right? I need. I don't. Those who I happen need, to be white. Yeah, as I need. A you, I need you to be more than an ally, right? An ally is gonna. An ally is gonna sit in a room of their white peers mm-hmm. and tell their white peers why they're saying uh, what they're saying isn't right. But a co-conspirator is gonna help me do things that a lot of people wouldn't do. That helps my agenda, right? So, Bree Newsom, right? A lot of people don't know the story. Bree Newsom uh, was an African American. A woman who went to go take down um, a Confederate flag in South Carolina, and she, of course, she had to climb this metal pole, right, to take down this flag. So there was a lot of people, you know, watching Bree take down the flag, and it was a bunch of white people, like on the ground, like all we got to do is tase the pole to get her down, right? What a lot of people don't know is one, a couple of her friends was in the crowd, and one of her friends heard the people say, "If we tase her." and hit this pole, you know what I mean, that, wow. that'll that get her down. So her friend, this is what we call a co-conspirator, mm-hmm. her her white friend heard this and t- attached himself to the pole and said, if you zap me, or if you zap her, you guys zap me first, and mm-hmm. they never touched the pole. That's a co-conspirator, and to me, if I don't have that energy, I can't rock with you the same way. <clears throat> <laughs> That's deep, <laughs> like, I hate when people say this deep, but like, that like, you know what I mean? That's a difference between that. a co-conspirator. And, yeah, I feel like, again, as my vanilla counterparts, as a white friend, if you're not a co-conspirator, I, I need you one step above an ally just because that's my energy. You know what I mean? I feel that. Yeah, and so if that's how you are, then I can rock with and you. And I think I, I start thinking about very specific people when you say that, too, mm-hmm. like like my friend Alec or, um, like, Katie or oh, John yeah, Katie or definitely do it. Like, no, it's in, like we it. got it's, – it's hella people out here who are, like – who were ride? Mm-hmm. My friend Sarah, mm-hmm. like they 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 were ride, and it's I don't know. That's you're, what you need. You, hey. So at the, so we're gonna start a new segment, and it's gonna it's called I don't we don't know what it's called yet, but something along the lines of like Channel Diary. I don't know, and basically what this segment is towards the beginning of the podcast, we're just gonna be checking in. We're gonna check in to let you know how we doing. How Des is doing, how Michael is doing, how we feeling. Um, a lot of these times, the stories may be, you know, vulnerable. We may be sad or happy or whatever. That don't mean that, you know, you know we're going crazy or that, yeah. you know, we're 
super depressed or whatever the whatever the heck. It just happens to that our emotions and our things are feel uh, are valid, and we hope that like with us being vulnerable and open and stuff like that, we hope that y'all can resonate with it. And if y'all have tips on things that y'all have conquered, I don't know, being stressed or tired or feeling like you're depressed or down or whatever. Like I tweeted, do y'all have any healthy coping mechanisms? Because sometimes, you know, life gets crazy and you want to do something unhealthy. But if y'all know any, feel free to let us know, things like that. But hopefully that's that's our path with Channel War Diary, I guess, or whatever the name that we decide to figure it out. Yeah, um, it's to just to let y'all know how we doing and have a conversation, open up a conversation about stuff like that. And so again, this has been Channel War for your listening pleasure. Every day, every nigga is a star. Is a star who will deny that you and I and every nigga is a star.